Good evening. Welcome along. My name is Vinnie White. This, therefore, is the Vinnie White Show. It's an hour-long show. Uh, well, it's good, actually. I should sell it up a bit, really. We deliver radio like a, a Subway sandwich artist laying out his cold cuts on bread, where the cold cuts are words and the bread is your ears. Uh, we inform you of last week's news in uh, a large serving of audio donuts for you to consume and hopefully enjoy. It's the Vinnie White Show. You can contact the show, uh, 416-872-1010. You can text the show. It's great texting because it just pops up on this wee screen in front of me. It's all jolly clever. You can do that on 71010. And uh, what else can you do? Oh, you can find me on Facebook if you want. I mean, don't feel obliged. It's really quite dull. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't think I've tweeted anything for two months. So, again, you know, I'd stick with the radio if I were you, the online Business is all a bit dull. I mean, some say that about the radio as well. But hey, we're we're here to prove you wrong. And I say we. Who? Who's we? Last week, there was an egg-shaped void in that producer booth. But not now. Old Baldy McGee's back. His name's Elliot. Hello. Hello, I'm back. Where were you? L.A.? I was in Los Angeles, California, yes. And what the hell were you doing drinking in L.A.? Oh, you know what? I thought of that song. I actually thought of other uh, themed, uh, L.A.-themed songs on my way there. Do you know the band X? I know the XX, they're brothers. That's a newer band. There was a Mm. band from the L.A. area that their first album was actually called Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, I thought of that. Yeah, I thought of that. um, Was it it Brand Van? Brown Van 3000. Was that who did that? Drinking in LA. Yeah. Could you have California Dreaming? That would also qualify. It's been written a lot about that state, mm. that area. It's probably the most sung about state. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of get it. Have you have you been to California, Vinny? Uh, let me remember. I went to San Diego when I was 20. Oh, okay. I but mean, I've that's... never been to LA because I don't really like cities that rely so heavily on cars. That is something that yes, I expected and indeed is the case. I will say that the traffic was somehow less stressful than here. How is that so? I don't know. Um, I think the sunshine has a lot to do with it. One of the things about L.A. is that the, the sunshine just kind of makes everything better somehow, including, like, the homelessness, which is also very prominent in Hollywood. Sunshine makes everything better. It really it? does. You very rarely hear someone in a bad mood go, do you know what I want to do? I just want to go to England and hang out in the fog. <laughs> yes. No, I've... Uh, I want to be rained on. Yeah, exactly. I, just, I, I, want to, I want bleakness. Yeah, I just I remember thinking like this place could be a lot more depressing if it weren't for that. Like if it had say the the temperatures or and the uh, overcast skies of say Glasgow, I, I could see it being like really uh, a bummer. But it was very nice. You've got to forgive the Glaswegians for having a drinking problem, haven't you? Really? Yeah, I I've been there too. So. <laughs> I get it. But I, it was very nice. It was a great, it was a cool trip. Oh, it's good to have you back and, uh, and you know, all of the joy that it brings both in an audio way and a, a visual representation of uh, Humpty Dumpty, but far better looking. Oh, I, th- I thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. I didn't want you to be offended by that. No, I, he's a classic character. Exactly. Um, so where should we start? Well, I suppose I should tell you what's going on. We have a look back at this week's news, some of the more bizarre and off the wall kind of stuff. Don't want to get too heavy on a Sunday night. Now, having said that, Let's just start with this. I do want to just express deep sympathy to Beirut, the double suicide attack on Beirut on Thursday, and then, of course, Paris on Friday, which saw another 
collection of misguided idiots that have bought into a wacky backstory that dictates that if you kill innocent people, your God will think you're great. An ideology so stupid, it rearranges the concept of stupid. It makes Trump look like Kasparov. So, um, so let's do that. And I think I speak for, I'm fairly confident I speak for everyone in this radio station. Dare I even say this city when I say that we are standing uh, united with you as we always would with any terror attack on any country. Um, but I was listening to the radio in the car today. I was driving, I went to Ottawa for the weekend because I used to live there and I go back there every now and then. And uh, actually since, since I'm on the radio, just to express something here, might as well get this out as well. Do you know that you pass on the left? Did you know that? Just, just want to point that out to you. I think a lot of you have forgotten that. If you're in the far left lane, you might want to get trucking. Yeah? See the fella behind you flashing? You don't, do you? Do you know why? Because you're looking at your phone, which is also illegal. Get out of the way! This has been a public safety announcement from Vinny and everyone that's frustrated with idiots. Thanks for listening. If you are that idiot, by the way, um, if you wouldn't mind veering off to the right, do I mean right off to the right, as far as you'd like to go. <laughs> anyway, um, so I drove back today and I was listening to the radio on the way, as one would with a five-hour drive. And uh, you know what I like listening to? A little radio, a little radio station called News Talk 1010. I don't know if you've heard it. Bam, 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 bam. Bit of quality radio. Have you ever heard it, Elliot? I, I think these guys are big. I think they... Uh... Yeah. Cutting-edge broadcasting. Some, yeah, no, they're, 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 they'll work hard, they'll get there. Best stuff I've ever heard. Producers are good. I particularly like management, and particularly upper management. It's a big soft spot in my heart for them. Those guys, the ones in charge. Mm. Are we at the creepy point yet? Or? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think we overshot. Anyway, I was listening to the radio in the car today, and I was listening to News Talk 1010, which is a fine radio station. No, I definitely overshot. Um, and it was about 2.45, and I think it was the Mark Tui show, and they were interviewing Derek Humble. Now, Derek Humble, you may have heard this. He's a security and safety expert, okay? And I looked him up because I was quite sort of fascinated by this interview. And he went through, he's from the UK, where all the best people are. <laughs> Apart from sort of Pierce Morgan, Simon Cowell, and um, a few million others. Anyway, um, he went through the UK school system and then he was followed that by a stint in the Royal Navy and the Royal Marines as well. So I think it's fair to say his little finger is tougher than my entire body and he could make, uh, he could probably make Chuck Norris cry like a little girl who's lost her teddy bear. He's a tough guy. Now, having said that, he's also in intelligent and I mean that. I do, I'm about to take him apart a bit here and but I do think he's intelligent and I do actually, bizarrely, have some respect for him. But let's just calm down a bit, okay? Because when Mark Toohey was interviewing Derek Humble, the security and safety expert today, one, some of the questions were about what we can do as people. There was a particular part about subways and samurai swords, right? Here is a clip. Asked, talking generally here about security and safety in this city, in Toronto, and what we could do or what we should do to make sure that we're not prone to terror attacks in light of recent events. This is what he said. I'm sat in a subway car. It's open from end to end. Mm -hmm. Now, people say, well, you can't get weapons. 
I can go to any secondhand store and buy myself a very sharp, very nasty samurai sword. And if I start at one end of that train and run down that train, I could probably kill and wound dozens and dozens of people. Why do you have an open carriage after the people in the subway system in the UK when it got blown up? You know, the people in the carriage where the bombs were suffered terribly, but the rest of the train was virtually untouched. Derek Humble there, security and safety expert. I think when Derek Humble finishes his day as a security and safety expert, he plays a lot of Grand Theft Auto. He's particularly a big fan of bludgeoning old people to death. I don't know. But that's not where it... I mean, that was just one thing he said that made me a bit... Uh -huh. that's, that's my general reaction to most of this interview today was... Huh? Uh -huh. Then he said about cops. Now, cops, apparently, according to Derek, should sit at the back of a restaurant. Is this true? Well, there's three or four police cars out front. There's a police van. And there's like half a dozen cops in the window having breakfast. So I go across and say, guys, do you not think you should be at the back of the room? You know, you're in uniform. You're a target. Well, oh, that's not going to happen, buddy. Don't worry about it. We can look after ourselves. It's just as easy to sit at the back of the restaurant near the rear exit as it is to sit near the, near the window. So Derek Humble, a Brit, has gone up to a group of Toronto police officers in a restaurant, stand, sitting at the front, eating their lunches, right? And he said to them, guys, do you not think you should be at the back? At what point did he think they were going to say, do you know what, you've got a bloody good point there. Yeah, I'll just... Uh... Should we go back in? Come on, lads. Let's get back here in case it kicks off. Because there's one thing that looks good, if it does kick off in the streets, is us cowering at the back of a restaurant. You really have trust in your police force when they are not visible. If the cops are at the front by the window, they can see any crimes that are being committed over their donuts. That's how it works. And as I say, if the logic is to remain safe, I mean, he's worried about the cops' safety, then, well, cops shouldn't drive. And what's with the navy blue? That should be yellow. Keep it safe. Keep it safe. In fact, if you want to be really safe, they should be at the back of the restaurant, as he said, with their guns drawn at all times. And I think if recent history has taught us anything, what could possibly go wrong there? The weird thing is, he's English, like myself. Sounds like a Texan. I don't mean the accent, I mean just in principle. I just think he thinks that everything's going to go wrong all the time. Actually, life can be all right. And as for the the absolute kicker, the humdinger, the one that made, nearly made me pull over, I, this, this one I went from, huh, to, what? No, hang on. This one blew my mind. This is what Derek Humble, the safety and security expert, says in conclusion to what we should consider when we're thinking about the possibility of terror attacks here in Toronto, should we go out? Should we live a normal life? Oh, no. Don't go to gatherings. You look at this downtown, the uh, Father Christmas parade today. Mm -hmm. What a superb target that is for bad people. You know, you get a whole group of people. They're happy. They're chuckling. They've got children. That's the sort of target that the radicals absolutely love. Yeah. You could make the argument, right, that a radical 
could listen to Mr. Humble and get ideas. But I actually wouldn't make that argument. Terrorists are ideologically the most stupid people in the world. But they are clever enough to know where they can find large numbers of people. So that doesn't bother me. I, I don't think that it, by discussing this, he's putting any ideas in anyone's heads. What bothers me is that terrorists want to spread fear. Terrorists. And by not attending any events, that works. Win, win, yeah? For them. The only reason not to attend an event in most countries, including this one, by the way, is that statistically, by driving to that event or walking as a pedestrian, you have increased your chance of death. Way more, by the way, than any possibility of a terror attack. So it's important to remember at times like this that the world is actually full of love, joy and happiness and candy, particularly at the Santa Claus Parade. And if you're not going to that, you're probably going to do something else. You're probably going to drive to that. You've heightened your chance of dying anyway. So I really, really insist today, if, if, anyone, if I'm going to make any message on any form of media, today here's my message. The world's all right. It's pretty bloody good. There's some absolute lunatics in it here and there, but actually things aren't too shabby. It's, it's really important to remember the world's full of love, joy and happiness and candy. Your family and friends love you and the thought of you not being around tears apart their soul. You're amazing. You're an amazing person. We all are. A bunch of cells stacked up on two legs, wandering around an astonishingly beautiful planet, despite how it sometimes doesn't feel safe. It's actually safer than ever. Fact, 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 fact. Let's remember the facts. From Japan to Estonia, property and people are now safer than at almost any time since the 1970s. Confounding expectations, the recession has not interrupted the downward trend of declining violent crime. Even as America furiously debates the shooting of Trayvon Martin, new data shows that the homicide rate for young Americans is at a 30-year low. Things aren't as bad as you think. One hypothesis suggests a casual link between legalised abortion and the drop in crime during the 1990s. In other words, a very peculiar study, but it's a really interesting one, the conclusion being unwanted children just don't exist as much as they used to. It's a fascinating study. Some crimes have all but died out. Last year in the United Kingdom, there were 69 armed bank robberies, compared with 500 a year in the 1990s. The world's getting better. It really is. Not my opinion, fact. The world isn't that bad. And yes, you should go to these events. Absolutely. A free event full of joy, love and happiness for your kids. Bloody right you should go. In fact, to make a stand against all the dark and depressing news, now follows a report on how the Santa Claus parade went down today with some cheesy Christmassy music. I'll see if we can dig some out. Perfect. This is what happened today in Toronto. Thousands of smiling families had an excellent free day out. They had the chance to see some eye-catching floats from local sports teams as the parade wove through downtown Toronto all afternoon. The Maple Leafs, Toronto FC and the Raptors were all in attendance, but it was the Blue Jays' arrival, complete with outfielder Dalton Pompey and pitcher Liam Hendricks, that brought the biggest cheers from a massive crowd of people. Mayor John Tory and Police Chief Mark Sanders were among the other familiar local faces walking the 5.6 kilometre route, which is good for everyone, and it was a gorgeous day with the highs of 15 degrees. 
The stretch from Christie Pitts on Bloor Street West down the University Avenue and finally onto Wellington Street East to end at the St Lawrence Market. There were cheers and joy from all the way and children laughed and hugged their parents. People were spotted crying with happiness as charities and charitable people made it one of the best events of its kind. People wearing red noses, some of them with headscarves on, crying and cheering with laughter. Toronto Police did an amazing job of organising it. Not one recorded injury or issue all day in the whole of Toronto regarding this Christmas parade. Not surprisingly, it was Santa Claus himself who was the, probably the most frantically crowd-pleasing. One little girl said, I love Santa. I love getting presents. After the parade, when she was asked about her favourite float, she said, definitely Santa. It's one of the best days of my life. Toronto's parade, now in its 111th year, is the longest-running parade of its kind in the world. It began in 1905 with a horse-drawn wagon transporting Santa and now requires 3,000 volunteers and draws millions of viewers across the television networks and, of course, in the flesh, families having fun. Terrorists, shove it up your bum. It was a lovely day in Toronto and, of course, you should go to these events and enjoy your life. I'm enjoying a nice cup of tea right now. You're right, Elliot. Did that, did that cheer you up, mate? I like that. I like the piece. I liked uh, the sentiment. Yes. Thank you. Hi, where is the studio cam? Says someone on text. Apparently they want to see this gibberish. Okay, I can. Can I you can, do that? I can do that. Yeah. What? Just out of interest, if they're looking now and they click on it, what do they see? They they see traffic. They right. see roads and cars going Listen, across. Buddy, I know I'm no oil painting, and last time I checked, I'm not. Brad Pitt, or whoever the new one is that's not quite so old. What's his name? What's the heartthrob now? Oh, this week? I don't know. Doesn't it always oh, change? No, he's an actor, and I keep forgetting his name. Is it Bradley Cooper? Yeah, uh, No, although someone told me that I look like him. I you can see that. you see it? I saw Bradley Cooper on a billboard in L.A. Yeah, they said, you look like Bradley Cooper with a beer belly. Didn't have oh. to do Didn't have to do that bit, did they? No, D that's didn't not necessary. Have to. They giveth, they taketh. That's a shame. Channing, Channing, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum. Uh -huh. Sounds like a sexual move, but yes, he's the uh, last night. I had a bit of Channing on the Tatum, Ooh. Uh, but he's the new heartthrob with all the kids. Anyway, my point is, I may not be gorgeous, but you can put a bloody camera on me. I will do it. How close do you want the close-up? Oh no, hang on. I like <laughs> this has gone from <laughs> this has turned, turned a bit narcissistic. Now. Well, you're you're the director. I mean, you can. Uh, yeah, I could do camera three. I could uh, again. I can go pretty tight. I think if you want. Mate, you've got it focused. I'm not sitting down like everyone else does because they're all lazy at this radio station. So it's focused on my belly and you can't see my head. That was the previous person, actually. I haven't touched them at all. What uh, are you doing there? I, I do, I do uh, handstands mostly. <laughs> I don't know. I can, I can adjust it. Put it up on my beautiful... All right, that was a push. Reasonable. All right, car crash of a face. I suppose we should do a break as well. God, you should see him now. He's running around like I've actually given him work. He'll probably want paying. Right, cut to a break and we'll come back. But first of all, let me tell you what's coming up. There's a London pub that's banned 800 people. Yeah, my London. And uh, also, how do you make money out of farming in 2015? New ideas coming your way on News Talk 1010. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Existential gag just came in, referring to me calling you Humpty Dumpty earlier. Someone just clearly wrote, what kind of bird would Humpty Dumpty be 
if he had have hatched instead of being broken? It's a great, it's a great question. It's slightly giving me a headache because I started thinking about it a bit too much. It's a bit surrealistic, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm on drugs. Yeah. That text came in from uh, Salvador Dali. Um, what should we do now? Still a bit bothered. I got pulled over yesterday. I was driving and uh, I went out to see some friends in Quebec, just over the river from Ottawa. And it's a bit rural. And I was just driving along in my rental car. Nice shiny car. And, you know, I look quite, I thought I looked sort of surreptitious, just another everyday average Joe. But apparently I look a bit dodgy because I got pulled over and they said, hi, we're just doing random, what well, they said in French first, bonjour, bibbidi bobbidi boo. And I said, sorry, oh, I don't know what you're saying. And she was very nice. Also rather attractive, proper sexy, but I, I chose to keep that in my mind. Doesn't help your case. Anyway, I said, um, I'm sorry, I don't really speak a great deal of French. Could you say that again in English? And she said, um, shall I try and do my Quebec accent? It's incredibly, uh, incredibly awful. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I start with prison, then I'll go, I'll go into Quebec. Because the, the one that I grew up with, because I grew up in England, we were so close to France, which is far more beautiful. Well, the Quebec one is a bit more like this, huh? You want to do cheese coach? I mean, I'm not saying it's accurate. No, I get it, though. It, you're right. It's twangier. There's a lot of whack as yes. well. I always feel like they're smuggling ducks. Yeah. And I said, um, <clears throat> how can I help you, madam? She said, uh, we're doing some spot checks. We're doing some spot checks in the area. Let's leave that. And um, I want to know if you're a hunter. And I said, no. She goes, do you, do you have any animal carcasses? No. No. I haven't even got a roast chicken. I said, no. I actually said, no, I've never shot anything in my life, which I think is the right thing to say to a policewoman. She put a torch, a flashlight, in, in my car, like stuck her head right in, so I had to move back a bit and started snooping in the back seat. So I didn't really have anything. I just had a suitcase with not much in it. And um, she said, okay, on your way. And off I went. But it made me think afterwards, if I had have just been poaching illegally without a licence, some, I don't know, deer, I probably wouldn't have had it in the passenger seat. So if you're going to do it, I just felt it was an incomplete thing. I mean, check my trunk. Let's go. Let's look for a body. You know? And by the way, don't just stick to animals. You might as well cover all bases. Because if I had a dead human body, you wouldn't let me go. So in future, just say, is there anything dead that you shouldn't have? Let's keep it open and then have a snoop. Public service announcement. Um, how to make money in farming in 2015. Are you a farmer? Are you listening? Then we can help you, my friend, because there's a new trend at this time of year that's emerging. Some farmers have uh, extra reason to rejoice this Christmas. If you are a farmer, or perhaps a hunter, uh, it's the season to be renting out animals for live nativity scenes and other holiday events. Yeah, farm animals, reindeers and camels are in high demand, particularly in the US between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, event coordinator Honey Hill Farm, a mobile petting zoo with locations across Ohio, recently started making more money from renting out animals than they have from their own zoo. Yeah, they do about 25 to 30 events in one weekend. Renting animals for Christmas programs helps pay for their food and upkeep, she said, and has been a, a huge growth area for business. So it got me thinking, how much? 
because I'd like that. I'd like to rent a reindeer just for comedy purposes, just walk it around town. You could probably get money back if he had a pot around his neck collecting. Do you know what I mean? Not saying it's right. Putting bad ideas in people's heads. Uh, rentals start at $325 an hour for a group of animals, depending on which ones are requested and for how long. In most cases, Powell said, visitors are allowed to touch and pet the animals. They've got three camels, she said. They go really fast, she said. Now, I don't know if she's talking about if they're booked out quickly or if they're just they're good at running. Either way, um, she said there's lots of camels out there, but you can't you can't have any old camel. You've got to have tame camels. All our camels are tame, she said. Yeah, you could lose a king or two, couldn't you, with a, with a feral carol, not carol, camel. You go and get a feral carol. I mean, they're naturally feral. I don't know if you can tame a Christmas carol. That's gone a bit weird again. The three kings definitely had uh, camels on their journey to see Christ. She said. Did she study theology or farming? Um, with a camel, you get more of a feel for the story. If you want a pair of reindeer for four hours, apparently it's $1,500. They're, they're not cheap, are they? She says, I currently have 21 reindeer, but that's not enough. I started 15 years ago, and each year I've recorded a, a bigger year than the last. I've been adding a reindeer a year. Apparently the uh, most common one to book out is uh, Dasher and Dancer. Everyone loves that. Surely Rudolph. Oh, I suppose it's cruel lipstick on the nose. Um... Dasher and Dancer will appear with Santa during a, a Black Friday event. Sticking to its roots of Christian values via flat screen TV. Um, someone else says, uh, thank you for giving a Christmas message of joy. More good news is needed. The problem with good news is it's really nice. And mine was particularly sugary today, as opposed to my usual. Twisted, warped, cynical mess of a mind. But um, it's not very catchy, is it? I've always said they should have a random news article so you just hear snippets from around the world, good or bad, you know. So, you know, the headline would be um, Mrs. Miggins in Wales uh, had a hip replacement. All went well. Stupid idea. Um... Selfie stick defence classes. This is new news out of Russia this week. This week, Russians who use selfie sticks to take photographs of themselves are being offered a self-defence course in case they are mugged. Apparently so many, because they're out, you know, looking at themselves through a, with a, a, a selfie stick, a lot of Russians have been mugged. Yeah, the act of flaunting an expensive smartphone on the end of a stick can mark somebody out as a tourist, turning them into a target for robbery. And that's why one martial arts centre in Moscow has decided to act... Uh, the M. Profi Martial Arts Centre in the Russian capital has said tourists have been the target of attacks. Tourists have been the target for attacks. Is that better or worse than the Quebec? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Tourists, if you're Russian, phone in and critique my Russian accent. Tourists have been the target for attacks. It's, it's got to be more... Sure you haven't mixed this up with Borat. Uh, well, I mean, he was from the region, wasn't he? He's from Kazakhstan. Well, that's that was part of the Soviet Last Union. Last time I checked, he was fictional as well. Huh? Well, that's yeah, but I mean, it's <laughs> I just know from little. I know I speak a small, small bit of Russian, but it's got the more blagodarnisk. Uh, oh, that is good. Kind of like that. That kind of sound. Can you say this sentence? Tourists have been the target for attacks. 
tourists have been targeted for attacks. That's really good. Oh, man. Okay. In my opinion, okay. but probably not anyone that's from Russia every, or the Ukraine. Every Russian and Ukrainian person is very offended right now, but. Yeah. I'll try again. Although, frankly, you should be in here. Um, tourists have been the target for attacks, and the only means of defense that all traveler have is a selfie stick. Do you see, I, I purposely messed up the pluralization. Right. Which uh, is not only accurate, but also slightly condescending. Tourists have been the target for attacks. The only means of defense that all travelers have is a selfie stick. Calling the new self-defense art MPD fight. Oh, my God. This is the name of it. MPD fight stands for monopod fight. Why not just call it monopod fight, then? MPD doesn't... That's actually harder to say. Unless it's easier in Russian. I doubt it. Um, MPD fight is the name of the new martial art that involves using the selfie stick as a defence weapon. The organisers claim that it's effective against uh, any anyone that might try to steal a phone. The selfie stick, by the way, in case you don't know, I'm sure you do, is a handheld, handheld extension pole, uh, which is the most efficient way of making you look like a sad narcissist with more pointless plastic gadgets than friends. Well, I was going to say, when you said mugged, I was shocked. I thought it was going to be assaulted because I've certainly felt angry. The first time I saw a selfie stick, I was just furious. And this is why we're not in the court system, because if I was in the court system and a man came in and said, I had my phone stolen from a table in front of me, I would give the, the person that did the crime, for example, a year in prison. If a man came in and said, I had a camera stolen from the end of a pole that I was using to take a picture of a incredibly boring um, meal and myself, I'd say you have to go inside for a year. Yes. It's just, you need that. Which is why, you know, we're not in the system. Um, much like a police truncheon or a baseball bat, you can uh, fend off your assailant. But unfortunately, we'll have no dignity. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Two stories out of England this week, which are quite like. <laughs> Sometimes I, I have a bit of sweet about it, you know. Ten years of living here, as you can tell from my Canadian accent. And um, sometimes I look back and think, oh, I wish I was there. Because just some things that just pull the old heartstrings. And this is one of them. A London pub has banned 800 people. Yes. A pub in London has banned 800 people. Steve Coxall, uh, who owns the Duke of Hamilton, banned the locals after they supported a move to have the building given protected status. What this means for the landlord is that for him, it's actually quite awkward because he has to inform the council if he wants to sell it, which doesn't has to do quite a lot more paperwork. So he didn't want it to have protected status. But what I really liked is what he said. He said... They haven't put any money into the pub. They're just a bunch of hypocrites in cardigans. They don't drink in here. And when they do come in, they only order half pints. I don't want them. I'm banning all 800 of them. <laughs> the forum's chair, who organised this, Janine Griffiths, said it was an unfortunate outcome. Presumably while sipping a half pint wrapped in a cardigan, reading a book about how to be a responsible vegan. And then the other story out of England um, this week was this one. And this one's even more bonkers. Again, with planning regulations, but a slightly different angle on this one. A guy has hidden 
a castle. What? Yeah. This is a builder. He's been given a suspended prison sentence as a, as a result of this. It's a Surrey farmer slash builder, all right? And he, he built this mock Tudor castle without planning permission. Uh, and he, as a result, he's been given a three-month suspended sentence. But it's a lot deeper than that. Robert Fiddler, 66, built the four-bedroom home in the year 2000, right? But he concealed the entire construction, which he didn't have permission for, behind bales of hay for four years. And then he revealed his house to the world, which he doesn't have permission for. This is how it sounds. It's the castle in the countryside, but tonight the man who built it is facing jail if he doesn't pull it down. Robert Fiddler has lost his long fight to keep it after the High Court ruled he put it up without planning permission behind a wall of hay. Tonight, the High Court gave him a three-month suspended prison sentence for failing to comply with planning laws and ordered him to demolish it. How do I feel? <laughs> well, I mean, I told you before and I've told you over and over again, I've never broken any laws, I've never done anything wrong. All I've done is look after my family and looked after my cattle, and that's where I've got to go now. Mr. Fiddler, will you be demolishing your house now, now that the court has you going to demolish the house now? The story began in 2000 when Robert Fiddler used these bales of hay to hide the construction of his house. Huge. It went up behind them in secret for four years. The local council said they'd been deceived and he didn't have planning permission. Well, Mr Fiddler has been fighting this battle for 15 years to keep his house, but as you can see, it's right in the heart of Greenbelt land. His argument all along is that as nobody has objected, he should be allowed to keep it. He also claimed it couldn't be demolished because it had bats and newts and that he'd since sold it to someone else. This has been depicted as an epic David and Goliath battle over planning laws in the Green Belt. In the end, the council and the courts have prevailed. Castles of stone cannot be built behind walls of hay. Duncan Kennedy, BBC News, at Salford's in Surrey. Thanks to the BBC for that one. I've done nothing wrong, he says. I've done nothing wrong, says a man who failed to get planning permission, then built a four-bedroom house hidden by hay for four years, like he was actually in a fairy tale, then said it's full of newts, so it can't be pulled down for conservation reasons, then said he'd sold it but has no paperwork on the sale. And one thing that they left out of that report, he's got a mullet. I mean, you should be locked up for that. Mr. Fiddler there. Do you think when they go to demolish it, it'll be on the roof? It's, it's possible. I mean, to the very end, right down with the ship. It'll be Fiddler on the roof. <laughs> did you see Hello. it? Did you see it? Did you see it? I didn't, actually. Sour juice. Oh, I slid it in. <laughs> You're tuned in to the Vinny White, White Show, Show on In-Depth Radio, Radio News, News Talk 1010. It's good, wasn't it? It's good to be professional. Um, you know this uh, professional radio gig I do every week, Elliot? Yes. It's not the only thing I do professionally. Is that right? I do something else as well. Now, what is this other thing? Well... Christmas is coming, Elliot, and a lot of people are just starting to plant the seeds now in their lovers' minds of what gifts they might want. So they might need a gift from somewhere. 
You know, one of the most easy and uh, smooth sailing transactions a man or woman can do here in Toronto, if mm-hmm. you live in the GTA, is to buy a canvas print. A canvas? That sounds great. Now, where would you get it? Well, there's one website that springs to my mind. I don't know if you know about it, do you? I, I, now, there's one I've heard about, very reputable, MrPhotoCanvas.com. I think that's the the final thing, yeah. Mm. So MrPhotoCanvas.com, would they be able to, if you were to email them a photo, just simply, even if you didn't know anything about the complicated technology that is a, is a modern-day camera, could they blow that up on Canvas? I believe that's the service they offer. Would you get 50% off if you went and picked it up? I would hope so. And you know what? I've just che- I'll just check online. Okay. All right, look, maybe the internet. Turns out, if you go to MrPhotoCanvas.com, it's all there, ever so clear. That's perfect. It's good doing this impromptu and definitely not planned discussion that we don't do every week. Exactly. I've never, I'd barely heard of this place. All the best. Thank you. MrPhotoCanvas.com. <clears throat> Slid another one in. Sly. Spambot news. What's a spambot? I don't know because I never use Twitter because it's full of idiots. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, It's not just reality TV stars who get a lot of hate on Twitter. It's pretty much everyone that says anything about anything in any way. And with so much negativity online, particularly of recent times, anti-bullying charity Champions Against Bullying have set up a new automated account to put some love back into the world. And it's doing so uh, on quite a regular basis, actually. It's delightfully uplifting and personally directed tweets are going out one tweet at a time. The nice bot is pumping out friendly tweets uh, to random users every 36 seconds. So far, some 8,800 messages have been sent. Uh, the tweets read such as, Are you an astronaut? Because you're out of this world. <laughs> um, one of the other tweets sent to a random, uh, random Twitter user was, You make my circuits tingle with happiness. From hashtag the nice bot, if you're interested in. I don't think you can sign up. I don't think so how it's worked. German creative director Jeff Vinnick, who teamed up with Champions Against Bullying for the project, said he hoped people would respond favor- favorably to the positive spam bot. He dubbed it the Mars Rover of Kindness. He says, while spam bot is normally thought to be something negative, we figured that it could be positive if it had positive messages and people should respond favourably and maybe even be tempted to spread some niceness themselves. So hashtag the nice bot if you're interested. Um, Some of the other tweets it sent, you should be pictured in the dictionary under delightful. (laughs) Uh, Another one that the nice bot sent out to another Twitter user was, your smile makes the world happier. The nice bot ultimately aims to reach every single one of Twitter's 300 million users. Uh, you may be waiting for your uplifting note for some time, however, as it currently will take 342 years to get to everyone on Twitter. So if you do get a message from the nice bot, you should feel quite privileged, I suppose. Is it wrong that I want to hack it? Is it wrong? And I want to send a tweet saying I hate you? Am I in a dark place? Should I seek help? I just think it would be a nice thing to do. Well, obviously, I evidently wouldn't, but it would be hilariously funny. i just like to send out a load of random tweets, you know. You smell a fish. Or, um, here's a few I've prepared. Roses are red, violets are blue. I have five fingers. The third one's for you. Your birth certificate is an apology letter from the condom factory. Wow. 
Evil bot. Hashtag British bot. <laughs> That's what we do. I'm jealous of all the people that haven't met you. You must have been born on a highway because that's where most accidents happen. <laughs> that's the sort of love I want to send out. Right, actually, here is my genuine message. Do you know what? I love Toronto. It was nice to come back here. I was away for the weekend. I came back, felt a nice little warm glow as I drove into town. Love it. So, um, on that note, I will actually finish with a rather positive, uplifting note of love and happiness. I wish all of you a wonderful evening and an absolutely fantastic week. It's a joy, a pleasure, and an absolute privilege to do this show. So I'll be back here at 9 o'clock next week. Thanks, Elliot. Not too bad. A little bit quicker in places. I reckon if we just crack that whip a couple more strokes, you'll be tickety-boo. I'm getting there. Out of boy.